Kathy Zaka. Hi, I'm Susan Offen. And I'm Laura Potter. And we're your hosts today for Pure Truth. We want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for listening. Today, we will be talking about the awakening and the darkness that has settled over our country and all over the world. Yeah, this will be a two-part episode. And uh, the episode that we will do right after this one will be on the billion soul harvest that was prophesied many years ago. And we'll tie all these to- or both of these topics together for you. And our scripture for today is from Ephesians 5, 13 through 14. When the light shines, it exposes even the dark and shadowy things and turns them into pure reflections of light. This is why they sing, Awake, you sleeper, rise from your grave, and the anointed one will shine on you. Whew, I felt that. All right, (laughs) here we go. And, you know, before we get started, we want to say that this was another tough topic that we have been sitting on for a while because it's a current revelatory subject. Mm -hmm. But God asks us to do it because many have awakened to what is happening around our world and more are waking up every single day. So this is a now word. Right. We need this. So, you know, and I asked Laura and Susan to both pray and see if they were hearing the same thing I was, and I received confirmation from both of them. So we knew it was time to do it. And when when God asks you to do something, well... You do it. All right. Amen. Yep. Amen. And I want to give the definition of awakening. I thought it was uh, very applicable. Uh, it is an act of waking from sleep or an act or moment of suddenly becoming aware of something. So when we, when we talk about the awakening, we are describing people all around the world that are becoming aware that things are not right. And what we see happening around us just doesn't add up to what we're, you know, what we're being told. Really, we've been asleep or in a fog for so long, and now we are waking up and realizing that there are some really evil things taking place that we should have put a stop to a long time ago. Our enemy, Satan, has lulled us to sleep, and that has been happening for decades. Mm -hmm. And as the days go by and we continue to see and hear the crazy stuff that's going on, sometimes it's hard to believe that this is where we are at. And because of it, many of God's children have questions that we desperately need answers to. So our hope is to answer some of those questions in our podcast today. Yes. Kathy, it is really difficult to speak about this topic. Yeah. Any awakening is not easy. It, it's like a baby being born. It reminds me of when my children were born. When they came out of the womb and into the world, it was a shock to their system. It's all new. Right. It's uncomfortable, and it requires adjusting. Yeah, that's a great example. You know, mm-hmm. when I first started waking up, it felt like I was living in a different world. I was shocked. Nothing seemed normal. I was uncomfortable for quite a while. And in, in the beginning, I remember looking around at people wondering why they didn't see the world the way I did now. And I grew frustrated. But God had to remind me that every, that, that I had been asleep for a long time, too. And it was the beginning of a new journey for me as well. Yes. An awakening can sometimes be a rude awakening. Yeah. When we're not prepared for it. And sometimes with preparation, we're able to ease into it. Right. This is what we're trying to do in this episode, because that is what God did for us. Amen. Yeah, He sure did. Yeah. We've been in a long, ingrained system in which we believed in a system, and we believed in leaders. Yeah. Our leaders are not what we thought they were, nor are some leaders in the church. We need to get back to the Word of God and measure it to the things that are being spoken and ask, does this line up with the Word of God? Yeah. We need to practice spiritual discernment because we have been putting our faith far too long in people rather than in faith in God. That's such yeah. a good point. Yes. Yeah. The darkness that we're experiencing all over our world today that pervades is evil. It is real, and it's not time to poke our heads in the sand and ignore or avoid the truth. Yeah. Yeah, we can't hide from this anymore. You know, we've been doing that, and look where it got us. We're suffering, and it will continue long after we have left this world if we don't do something about it now, right? Yes. It's time for us to wake up and see the evil in this world that wants to steal, kill, and destroy us, God's people. Yeah. That means you, me, and everyone else. This evil battleground is being fought in the spiritual realm here on earth. There's a real war going on. Right. We need to awaken and start by fighting for our families and also for our people. Yeah. It's it's almost like we want to point fingers at and name names who have wronged us in governmental leadership, right. in our jobs, in our mm-hmm. kids' schools, in our families, in churches, among many other avenues of being hurt. Right. But the truth is, 
It's the spirit behind the scenes that's influencing the evil behavior. That's right. You know, yeah. we can't play the blame game. We've done that for way too long. Yeah. Right. We've allowed the enemy to come in and take over many areas of our lives, even knowing what the Bible says about Satan. He, he tells us, the Lord tells us in John 10.10, 10, that he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And isn't that what we're witnessing on a daily basis? Yeah. 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 It's so subtle. Yeah. We might sit shocked or stunned by how someone could do something so evil to us. Maybe we were stolen from. Maybe we were, felt a loved one died too early. Maybe we lost a job or even a divorce. The enemy wants us to feel defeated and too tired to reach out to God. He wants us sitting around in self-pity and leth- too lethargic so he can continue to manipulate us. If God can use people, Satan can too. Yeah. Most people cruise through life just wanting things to be easy and happy. It's time to wake up from the influences of these evil spirits and arise. Right. Yeah. Like I said, the darkness is undeniable in the world. We can see it in many secure countries that have turned upside down. For example, Australia and Canada, to name a few, they are stealing civil rights and liberties without providing a reason. We have also witnessed the evil in our own country. Yeah. You know, I've, I've mentioned this before, but since 2001, I've been documenting my dreams because I knew God was speaking to me and showing me things that I needed to prepare for, you know, just to be made ready. But in 2006, I remember a very vivid dream that I had where I saw Satan and he was sitting in a rocking chair and he's rocking back and forth this baby in his arms Mm. and he turned his head and he looks directly at me. He puts his finger up to his mouth and he made the shh sound, you know, in the gesture telling me to be quiet so I wouldn't wake up the sleeping baby. Mm -hmm. And I woke up from that dream disturbed by what I saw, you know, first of all. I saw Satan sitting in a rocking chair, rocking a baby. That alone is disturbing, right? (laughs) And then he told me to be quiet so I wouldn't wake up the baby. So my second thought was, why would he want me to be quiet and not wake the baby up? Yeah. And then the Lord showed me in the the interpretation of the dream, and the baby that was asleep represented the church, and Satan was lulling and keeping the church asleep. Right, that's where we're at. Yeah. Right now. Goodness. He looked at me, and he wanted me to stay quiet, to keep my mouth shut and not say anything that would wake up the church. And it was in then, in 2006, that the Spirit of God was waking me up and opening my eyes to see things that I had not been made aware of before that time. It was like scales, you know, like like Saul. The scales fell off my eyes, and as I looked at the condition of the church I was pre- that I was presently in and thought to myself, what is wrong with this picture? Right. You know, I could see how things were working in the church and in every denomination, and it was just how things were, you know, they didn't match up with what was what I was reading in the scriptures. Yeah. I was no longer satisfied to keep doing the same old ritualistic worship at church or be satisfied with rehashed sermons that I'd heard many times before. I began craving fresh words from the Lord. I wanted now words, you know, that could help navigate me through this time that I found myself living in. Yeah, so you, you knew something wasn't right back in 2006. That's a long time. Yeah. 16, 16 years, years yeah. that you've been like, hey, Lord, this doesn't add up. Right. And, you know, I want to say, too, that um, something similar for me was when I was going to church, I've, I never felt like I truly fit in. Like, I just, my heart is so compassionate for people, and I, I just felt like I just didn't fit. I never understood that. Now I do. Mm-hmm. I knew. I, I, it's the same thing he was telling you. Mm-hmm. Something's not right. You fit when you're... In the Word, yeah, you fit when you're in your time with the Lord, right? And you get into church, and you're like, "What's wrong with this? Yeah. Why, why am I a square yeah. peg in a round hole?" That's what I felt like. Yeah, when yeah. you have your own relationship with God, right? Right. It has to be a personal relationship with Jesus. Right. You know that you you spend intimate time. Yeah. You know it's a good fit. And that's a lot of churches, and I did it for years. I went to church. I would go, and I would get the word from our pastor. Right. It was, you know, there was good things about that. I was learning, but I, I never went to the Lord and, and had intimacy with him and got revelation from him. I only got my information from my pastor, whatever mm-hmm. he was saying. And so many people do that, mm-hmm. you know, but we've got to have that intimacy. He requires we, more. Yeah. You know, it, if you want to you want to keep functioning, you, he needs more. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, if you want to feel like you're not, you know. Lost. Right. <laughs> or that you want to fit in. All you got to do is go to him and he'll mm-hmm. show you exactly where you, you know. Where you fit. Where you fit. <laughs> what your calling is. And I know that there are many others that have been awake even longer than that. You know, you said 16 years. Right. You know, they're all questioning what's going on. Many of us are questioning. So, you know, my awakening started around March of 2020, right when COVID began in the United States. 
I just felt the stirring from deep within that something wasn't right. So I started doing my own research for, and for about nine months, I did what I call a deep dive into things going on around the world. And I've discovered some things that even now when I think about it, they make me sick to my stomach. Mm-hmm. The more I searched, the more I found. It was depressing. And because the enemy was trying so hard to hide it, censor it, and cover it up, I had to get creative when I was searching. And if you've done your own research, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The evil that is going on all around the world is real, and the people involved are desperate to keep their secrets hidden. And at the end of 2019, October or November, I think, is when I started attending the Awakened to Zoe Bible study that we've mentioned several times in previous podcasts. And this is when I realized that I wasn't the only one who was searching for answers. I realized that I wasn't crazy. <laughs> and it was so wonderful to know that other people were seeking answers as well. And we were all in agreement that things were not right in our world. But after those nine months of searching and digging in my, you know, what I said earlier, my deep dive, God said, that's enough. So I had to pull myself away from all of it. And I mean, it was dark stuff that can easily consume a person. And I'm not going to lie, I was consumed for those nine months, mm. mostly because I was so shocked at some of the things I discovered. You know, I was disappointed, angry. Frustrated, discouraged, and disgusted all at the same time. And I do want to say this, you know, I will not be disclosing any of those details that I discovered while doing my research. If you want to know, we encourage you to first pray and ask God to guide you because you'll definitely need it. And then we invite you to do your own research. And it was because of God that I was able to pull myself out of that deep dive. I knew enough at that point to understand that God has a higher purpose for all of his children. And so I began to place all of my focus on an intimate relationship with him. That changed everything for me. And it's now led me to being a prophet, as well as seeing in the spiritual and the heavenly realms. And that, that alone has blessed me so much. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm honored, you know. And he's been releasing revelation to many of his prophets on what will transpire when all of the enemies plans are revealed. God used prophets in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. And it makes sense, right, that he would use them now to encourage us, you know, that right. that he will defeat the enemy. Right. We're, we're going to win this fight. Right? Yeah. And like uh, Kathy's talking about, I I wasn't satisfied, you know, with keeping, a, a, you know, the same old routine and right. living with the status quo, you know, that I had dealt with for such a long time in my denomination. Um, you know, I began seeking out wisdom from God and searching his heart regarding the matter. And then, you know, when he gave me a vision of, uh, that's, remember when I was telling you about the vision of the tree in the other episodes uh, that we recorded? Yeah. There was this huge tree with deep, deep roots in it, and it was being uprooted from the ground and being pulled out of the place where it had been planted for so long. That tree represented me and my family. Yeah. And God was uprooting us and taking us to be replanted where we could grow and learn, you know, everything that he wanted to teach us. And those were very difficult times for us as a family because honestly, we were confused. We really didn't know what we were doing or where we were going or even how long we we're going to be there. Right. But because we were just, you know, following the Holy Spirit's lead. Right. And, you know, right. God could have done that just because he wanted your obedience, right? Right. He wanted your faith and your trust. And because you did what he asked, he's blessed you and your family. And the Lord will lead us along. As, uh, he'll lead us as long as we follow him. Right? Right, right. right. You know, when we made those changes, I can even say that our boys felt unstable because they'd been in a place they knew that they were comfortable with all their lives. Yet my husband and I, you know, were really strongly convicted to go where God was leading us. And walking out of what you've always known your whole life is not easy. No, it's no, not. It's not, it's not yep. comfortable. It's confusing. And when your middle schooler and your high schooler are being taken, you know, with you into unknown territory, it can fill you with even more apprehension. Because, you know, my husband and I, we knew that the decision that we made would be, wouldn't be an easy one. Yeah. But we knew that it was the right thing to follow God's leadership and not back down and just, you know, run back to what was familiar. Yeah, I had to do the same thing, you know, when I was uh, attending church um, for many years and uh, my children were very involved in leadership, and I had to do the same thing. The Lord was telling me it's time to walk away, mm-hmm. and I I get it. That was one of the hardest decisions I've ever made mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we were so rooted deeply into that church, and we yeah. had friends, and you know. So yeah, I, I totally understand it. Right. But you got to do it. You right. Do what God's asked you to do. It's a it's a step of faith. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And then the denomination, you know, that I grew up. Um, we didn't even, you know, prophets of God weren't really talked about right. or sought after. Right. Uh, I had heard names of evangelists quite a bit in my home, you know, as well as preachers because my dad was a preacher. Right. But prophets weren't really talked about much, if any. 
And my uncle, who was involved in more of a charismatic ministry, was one of was the one who introduced me to you know prophets like John Paul Jackson. And he sent me videos of the perfect storm, and and that was the first time I started paying attention to what God was saying regarding the future, you know, besides what I'd read and been taught in God's Word. Right. You know, Laura, I've heard you mention charismatic church before, and I think that's you know that's what they call a non non denominational church. That's hard to say. Yeah. Right. Right. Can you explain it? Well, yeah. Just I mean, even the definition of charismatic is just a type of Christianity where it emphasizes personal religious experience. And divinely inspired powers like uh, healing, prophecy, and the gift of tongues. Yeah, okay. you know. So, yeah. Even the office of you know a prophet is in the Bible, right? It's right. it's in there. Right. Our denomination only talked about receiving a prophetic gifting as well as other gifts when you became a believer. Uh, and many of the other churches within the my former denomination didn't even acknowledge the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Same. Same. They only mm-hmm. talked about. You know, or t- or taught about what the Word of God said, and and that was that it. Was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and you know, I'll just interrupt you yeah, for a second. And yeah. it actually, I mean, we just said that it's in the Bible. Right. It yeah. talks about the gifts in the Bible. Right. So when your church is focused on the Word of the Bible, it's like, hello. Yeah. yeah. That's when did you, you start realizing <laughs> things are not adding up? Right. Yeah. It's like you said when I said earlier, they were only you're only able to get the information from you know Bible studies and your pastor or whatever, but they're not teaching that intimate relationship with the Father, mm-hmm. right? You know? And that you can receive these gifts. You can't absolutely every person that God and created return it to the body, yes, the church, and live as one, right? One body. Mm-hmm. That's good. Helping one another. Yeah, I, I might have heard some things, but I've never seen it, you know, like in the leadership, I didn't see it practiced out before me. Right, me too. You know? Me too. And that would have helped me tremendously. Absolutely. Follow somebody's example, right? right. You know, I mean, we. Right. that's why I resorted, you know, I'm just looking at the Bible and I'm going, okay, what's wrong with this picture? Because yeah. here's what Jesus was doing, how come we're not doing that? Right. And so that's where the... Where it's like you start waking up, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if if we all are taught that we look to the Word of God and we follow the Word of God, then we need to do it, right? You know, yeah. And that's why I was launching out into new territory. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, I knew that you know listening to prophetic voices personally was the right thing to do. Absolutely, the Holy Spirit was leading me. Yeah, like I've said before, I'm homeschooled by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> You know, God's gifted me, you know, in that way, too, to be more prophetic. Yeah. Um, and so hearing what the prophets were saying was good for me because it gave me more confirmation to to what God was already showing me, and, and I was discerning from my own heart. Yeah. And I also began buying books, you know, about the Holy Spirit, about prophecy, dreams, and understanding the spiritual and heavenly realm. The books were really great for broadening my understanding and leading me in the right direction to go. Yeah. And, you know, so even though I was called to spend time uh, in prayer with God back in 2000, it wasn't really until about six years later in 2006 that I started truly waking up to what needed to be to, to change within God's church. Yeah. And like I said, our family went through lots of changes, or as I, I called it in my house, I call it shifting gears, you yeah. know, changing gears. Yep. Um, I just felt like God was putting us on a fast track of learning to get us ready for a time that we're now heading into. Hmm. And I remember, you know, maybe it just takes me a little longer, so he's got me going like 16 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I remember a dream that I had, uh, or, you know, it could be called a night vision. Yeah. I'm not sure. But I saw a black locomotive steam train, and it was moving slowly forward. And I heard God's voice in the dream, and he was saying, are you with me? And I knew I needed to make a decision to either jump on board and get on the train with him, or stay where I was and stay with what I already knew. And I remember thinking, I'm with you, God, and wherever you're taking me, that's where I want to be. Yes. And I feel like I've been continuing to move forward faster and faster every year since then. I'm with you, too. I've jumped on that train, right, Susan? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Me now too. we're on a fast track to God's glory being poured out here on earth and he, as He reveals truths that have been hidden from us for way too long. Yeah. Yes. That is very true. Oh, yep. Well, you know, we found this prophecy about the glory train by Bob Jones, and I'm going to read a part of it to you because we found it interesting and exciting. Bob said, I have a vision, and I waited a while to put it all together, and this is the vision I had. The train had come, and I boarded it. I had a ticket and a seat. 
It was a very long train, and it didn't have any boxcars on it. It was all just one long train, and you could see from the beginning of the train to the end of it. There were literally thousands of people on this train, Wow! and they were all sitting down. So I found my seat, and I sat down, and I was wondering, where's this train going? What is this train? I saw the conductor come by, so I asked him, what is this train? He said, this is the glory train. Now I said, where are we heading? He said, to any city that wants it. And I said, when will we arrive? He said, we will begin to arrive in 2012. Mm. Then he gave me an egg. (laughs) An egg. (laughs) And I said, when do I get to break open this egg? He answered, in 2012. I said, what is this egg? What's inside this egg? He said, time. Wow. Mm. You see, there was no time before man. Time was created for man. That's good. And in this egg, there is yesterday's, today's, and tomorrow's time. And every time you hear the train whistle, it will remind you of the coming glory. That's good. Isn't that great? Yeah, that's really good. That, yeah. that was the end of Bob's vision. So Bob says, Bonnie and I traveled to some places, and one of the first places was Atlanta. And when I brought this revelation, a train passed by, and we heard the train whistle really loud. Wow. Then we went to a restaurant, and all we could see was pictures of trains on the walls. (laughs) And then we went to Knoxville, Tennessee. And I brought this revelation, and a train behind, and a train began to whistle. I noticed an artist was painting the glory train. Wow. So I've been waiting for the rest of it to come together, and I felt today was the day to begin to make the tape of the glory train. Two promises were given to me in the past when I came back from death on August 8th of 1975. The first promise was that I was to come back and touch some of the leaders of the church to prepare them for the greatest harvest of all time, which would be one would the one billion people coming into the Lord in one great harvest. Wow. I just want to stop right there and say, we will be discussing this in great detail in our yes. next episode. Yeah, Yeah, we will. But Bob continues, and then I was told to get ready for what I would live to see the glory return. For he showed me a couple of months before in 1975 that the glory was departing. And I said, Lord, how can we live down here without the glory? I saw the glory often in the early 70s. I saw many men and women that had the glory on them, for they shone. They had an inner glow. Mm. And I asked him, why are you pulling back the glory? And he told me, because people have been marketing his glory for their own lust, their own purposes, their own plans, and he was removing it. I totally missed the glory, and I told the Lord to take me home now. I just don't want to live down here without your glory. Right. So he gave me this promise. He said, you will live to see it return, but you'll be old. But you will live to see it return. Now, several of these people that I saw that really shone beautifully, one by one, I saw them fall. That's so sad. It was like they couldn't handle the glory because they took it for themselves instead of glorifying the Father. So then I understood why the glory was removed. Right. But I want to tell you something about the coming glory, he said. It will ruin you. Oof. You will never be any good for the world again. You will live to be in that glory. Amen. (laughs) That glory is a feeling of well-being like you've never had before. It's like that glory wraps you like in a cocoon of the anointing, and you can feel so secure, so loved, and so wonderful. And this coming glory, we mustn't take this glory for our own selfish purposes. This is why it's been so long in returning, and we must glorify God in it. Yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so good. I got chill bumps. Uh, <laughs> there's more to this story, so stay tuned next week. We'll we'll talk about this prophecy. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, God's glory. It's coming, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. It will be amazing. I believe it. Yeah, I can't wait. I, yeah, I love that so many are waking up to the enemy's evil plans. Yeah. What are we awakening to? Right. We are admitting there's a problem and trying to figure out how to fight the spiritual battle and actually do something. Yeah. For example, wore it out by praying. The evil in this world wants to still steal, kill, and destroy us. A counselor friend of ours has a saying we like to go by, call evil, evil. Yeah, I've heard that before. It means to recognize the evil done to you, not the person, but the evil spirit working within them. Right. Many of us want to put God in a box. We tend to pray, oh God, please help me with my mortgage payment, my car loan, right. etc. 
we need to wake up. There's an epic battle going on. Right. Look at the broader scope of things. The devil has us deceived, and we continue playing a tug of war as he sits laughing and watching. We need to awaken to God's truth, like in Ephesians 6.12, for we wrestle not against the flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. What has God been showing you, Kathy and Laura, in the spiritual realm? Have you seen or experienced evil? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Many times, unfortunately. (laughs) But, you know, there's no fear, you know, and it's because, one, you have to discern. You know, you have to discern that it's from the Lord versus the enemy. Right. Um, And, and, you know, the enemy, it's his job. He wants to place fear in us. But, yeah, I've seen Leviathan hovering over Washington, D.C. That was uh, pretty intense. But I was standing there with the Holy Spirit, and yeah, there was a battle going on. It was definitely a spiritual warfare, um, God's angels versus demons' angels. Mm. So um, I've seen many other evil demonic things in the spiritual realm as well. As a matter of fact, just a few days ago, I saw some rabid dogs. Uh, They were not pretty dogs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, These angels, there were angels holding these dogs back, and I knew, and these were God's angels that were holding them back. Mm -hmm. I knew if the angels let those dogs go, they would violently kill whoever they were after. Wow. So, yeah, there's definitely some stuff. Yeah, and I, I remember just recently I had a dream uh, that when you said about the dogs. Yeah. I had a dream last year about this time where I was standing in a kitchen, and the dog was released to attack me. It was a huge black Doberman, and it had very large, sharp teeth. And it came running at me full speed and ran around the kitchen island where I was standing and he was ready to bite my face off. Oof. Oh. And I just stood, and I closed my eyes, and I prayed for the angels to hold the dog's mouth open so it couldn't bite me. And everything came to like a stop. And I opened my eyes, and when I did, I was looking directly into the mouth of the dog. And his jaws and teeth were stuck wide open right in front of my face in a frozen position. Like just hovering right there, you know, like yeah. shaking in front of me. Oh, yeah. The angels had stopped. Did you see the, inside the dog? Yes, I saw right inside his Ooh, mouth. Whoa. You know, because when I opened my eyes, I thought I was waking up from a dream. Yeah, but I didn't. You I woke op- up to see the dog's I woke mouth. Up, yeah, my eyes were like opened in the dream. Okay, looking into his mouth with his teeth on either side of my face, uh-huh. like just just frozen right in front of me. Did you have any fear? Were you no, petrified. No, I mean, I, I was when the dog was coming towards me, yeah. <laughs> but then I, I just closed my eyes calmly and I just prayed and I just, you know, asked the angels to stop him. And the he did. Armor, yeah. They did. You know, the yeah. angels just stopped the attack right there yeah. and the dog never touched me. Wow. And then God. the owner of the dog, he called the dog back and that's when I woke up. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, I've experienced warfare in my dreams quite a bit. But I've also experienced seeing it in open visions, you know, like while I'm awake. Yeah. And it can be frightening if you focus all your attention on being attacked. Mm-hmm. But if your focus is on how, on how big God, our God is and how powerful He is, right. and that the angels are there for us to command against every attack, then it's actually very encouraging. Yeah. You know, knowing that He's right there and He's going to do what He says He'll do. Right, right. And that goes back to... Faith, trust, intimacy, all those things. The closer you get to God, the more fear goes away. Right. You just know. And anything that the enemy tries to throw at you, mm-hmm. it won't stick yeah. because you've got God's protection. You stand strong in your yeah. faith. Yeah. And his truth. And you stand against it. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And it'll become more obvious what the enemy is doing to right. you. Right. right. You pick right. up on it right, right. away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, we're definitely in a war and we can't sit around waiting for the rapture. Right. We need to learn about the authority we have through Jesus Christ and use that authority. Dig into God's word and learn how to use the word to battle Satan and all evil spirits he uses to influence us daily. The attacks are so subtle. Right. Before you know it, you can't figure out how you got to such an unexpected, miserable place. Mm -hmm. He gets us just where he wants us, suffering in fear and doubt, like you've said. Mm -hmm. We need to catch each thought and compare it to God's word and ask ourselves, if it matches up with the God's, if God's word, and if it doesn't, it's not from God. Right. Yeah, for yeah. every fear thought we have, He has a promise. Right. For of it. truth. Yeah. yeah. Right. To, counteract to counteract it. it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And it always seems to start with a subtle thought. You know. You know that's what the enemy does. He places it in our mind as a subtle thought. But once we accept that thought, 
we've come into agreement with it. Yeah. And then it spirals out of control. Right. So we must take every thought captive, right? It says that in his words, Second Corinthians ten five says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Mm-hmm. So we yes. fight it. We fight it. We realize what the enemy's doing and we fight it. So if the thought comes in our head and it is against God's truth, then we know it is from the enemy and we cast it out. We speak God's word of truth out loud, Mm -hmm. right? So the enemy knows that his evil trick didn't work. Amen. Right. (laughs) You know, I just kept thinking while you're talking, in 2020, the whole world was put into a tailspin. Yeah, it was. You know, life as we knew it changed big time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember being in our Bible study at the end of 2019, and our leader had uh, had us to just close our eyes and just pray and ask the Lord, what is your word for us for 2020? And immediately when I prayed that, I heard perfected vision. I love that. And I thought, oh, I get it, huh? Lord, you know, perfect vision. 2020. 2020, <laughs> you know. And I, <laughs> I first thought it was just a play on words, you know, and then I started to wonder to myself, is that just a thought that I made up myself? Right. You know, because it was just funny. But as I thought about it more uh, and what he spoke to me, I realized he said perfected vision, right. not perfect vision. Yeah, there's a difference. There's right? a difference, yeah. yeah. And so God was going to change our focus and help us as his people to see better than we had seen in previous years before. Yeah. And That's the things the awakening, that, right? Right, yeah. right, exactly. Right, right. And the things that took place, like you know, the election and the pandemic— it made us all change gears really fast and stop everything that we were doing and just take a real good look around. Yeah. You know, and in 2020, I felt like we were thrown a curveball. And the best thing to do was to look to God and rely on His Word and His promises to protect us and take care of His people. And my mind w- immediately went to Psalm 91 because it's the chapter about God's protection. Yeah. And I read it and I reread it and then I, I just wrote it out, personalizing it for myself. And I also read it uh, over my, you know, for my family. I prayed it, you know, over my family. Yeah. And I, I typed it all out and I sent it to my dad. Uh, he lives in another state uh, who was still preaching at the age of 85. I love that. Oh. Yeah. And he made copies of it for his whole church and handed it out to the whole, you know, congregation that they could just pray over themselves with that word and keep it in their families, in their homes, you know, yeah. pray over them. And we all just needed encouragement during that time to just stay focused on what was true and what was right. right. When all the world seemed to flip overnight, I mean, it we're doing confusing. that right now. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was so that year, those couple of years were so confusing. Yeah, well, like we pan- didn't know what was going on. Right, in the mm-hmm. pandemic, we we were forced to sit still, basically, yeah. right. in our homes. Yeah, and so it 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 produced we already- a lot of awakening. Like we became very close with our families right. mm-hmm. for the most part there's some and good there's some good that came out of that you know but you think back back to the election and um and that confusion the confusion started then mm-hmm. everybody was confused like what's going on and yeah. then right after that we were dealing you know well right right before it was that before that yeah, yeah. It was the pandemic was before so we dealt with the pandemic and then we went to the at the end of that year was the election, election. and it just everything just has been so crazy and confusing since then mm-hmm. so yeah that's why people are asking yep yeah yeah, you know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, well, it really helped me a lot when uh, in October of 2020, our Bible study leader told us to get a journal and sit and spend time with the Father and ask what was on His heart each day. That's was a simple direction, and so I got myself a journal and I changed up my prayer routine, and uh, I started writing down, you know, whatever I heard. And on right. October 11th, uh, it was when I began to do to to write things in my journal. And it, at first, it was just a few words I would get, you know, on those pages uh, at the beginning of October. But I wrote them down, and I continued to spend time writing what I was hearing. And towards the end of that month, I started receiving multiple pages of words, wow. which was like, whoa, you know. Yeah. And his words were full of encouragement and strengthening me to see things from his perspective. You know, when I was discouraged, he was giving me very encouraging words. Yeah. And he would tell me things that I didn't understand. And when I'd question him, I'd say, should I write that down, Father? And he'd say, just write what I tell you to write. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) I I know what you mean. (laughs) And so I did. I I just wrote everything I heard down on on my journal pages. And I would say, all right, 
just whatever you want to say, Lord, yep. I'm here. I'm, I'm here. your scribe, right? That's the difference. You know, when um, you're between a writer and a scribe, a writer thinks creatively and writes down from their own heart. You know, a scribe just pretty much takes dictation like a secretary and takes down only what they hear. And that's me. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I became during that time. Right. Also, the, you know, the father was speaking to me his thoughts. Um, he was making me very aware of the evil plans that were also taking place. Um, the enemy was trying to bring destruction to our nation yeah. and to our world. And there had been plans made many, many years ago to bring destruction to our nation and bring the American people to their knees. But all the while, he was speaking encouragement to my heart. You know, and right. then he was also telling me, do not be afraid. Don't be filled with fear. Right. And that was spoken to me over and over and over again. Too. And yep. I knew God had everything under his control and that everything was going to be okay. And I, uh, I was reminded that what the enemy had brought to us that was evil, our God would use it for good and for his glory. Right. Yes. And then on October 28th, the father told me that he was, he began to say, I am Yahweh. Yeah. You know? I love that. And he Just told so intimate. Yes, and it was a whole different kind of a definition for me to to wrap my mind around. Right. Who is Yahweh? Right. You know, and so then he also said something strange. He said, "I am Jehoshaphat," and I was like, "What? What, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, God? You're not Jehoshaphat." Yeah. And he told me again, "Just write what I tell you." <laughs> this has been a learning process for me. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I did. And after my prayer time, I looked up the story of Jehoshaphat, and I found it in Second Chronicles 20. And the name Jehoshaphat means Jehovah judges. Mm-hmm. Jehovah renders justice for the needy. Yeah. Well, that, that's definitely us, right? Yeah. Yes. And as I read through that chapter, I, I saw King Jehoshaphat and the Israelite army uh, were being invaded by the armies from several other nations at the same time. They were overwhelmed and could only appeal to God to help them win the battle. And when I, tuned, I, I turned my attention to this passage, I knew that God was telling me that the things taking place within our nation and around the world were similar to the situation that Jehoshaphat was in, and that God's justice was coming to save us and protect us from the evil things that were taking place in our world. It's so amazing wow. how he does that. Yeah. You know, it, it, and you, if, anybody, if any of you guys listen to the prophets and you're hearing... He's been telling us this for so long now, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, it's, you want to be scared because you're like, this is all unknown, but you know, it's a change. Yeah. It's something it's, different. It's different. And um, we're in a very different time. Like things are going to be mm-hmm. you know, changing very quickly for us. Praise God. Mm-hmm. And it's just the thing that he's been, you know, I want to confirm what you said about not having fear is that he's telling us all these changes are coming and that all these things were not right and the enemy is out here trying to take us down. Mm-hmm. Um, and all that could seem scary, but God keeps telling us over and over again, don't be afraid. Yeah. So don't be afraid, guys. Can I show something with y'all? Yeah. The Lord gave me words on October 28th. Okay. And they were very okay. encouraging. And I just want to share that with everybody. Yes, yes, please, please, please. And this is what he said. King of glory, Lord of lords, highest in heaven above all thrones, rich in mercy, love, and power, slow to anger, and filled with love. Blessed with your words, crystal clear for all to hear. I am beside you, before you, around you, above you, governing your walk, guarding your steps, lighting each step, filling you with fire for the tasks ahead. Look to me, lean into me, feel my breath, hearken to my heart, and rest in me. I know the plans I have for you to prosper, not to harm you. So why worry, fret, or fear? You have but to look to me, hear from heaven, and know that I am with you. I bless you with every spiritual blessing under heaven. I nourish you with my word. I guide your every step and guard your ways. Heaven's reward is for you, not against you. Why do you think so so lowly? Why do you fret and fear? My ways are higher than your ways. I am Yahweh. I am Jehoshaphat. I am uniquely different in every way. I am not of earth, but of heaven. Mm-hmm. I see you. I guide you every step of the way. Do not be dismayed, for I am for you, not against you. Walk in my ways, my everlasting ways, the path of the righteous, the path of the grand, the path of the mighty at God's right hand. Lay prostrate before me with open hands, ready for service, strengthening your hand. Rise up, child of God. Rise up in me. Yes. 
Hear my voice living in me. Revere my ways, Yahweh, before you. Rise up, child of God. I say, look up. Press into me. Take hold of me and never let go of me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes before me. No one left behind. No one scratching and scraping to make ends meet. All places meet with me and end with me. You are my child, my daughter, my bride. You are the delight of my eyes. I birthed you. I planned you. I rose you up to my glory. I delight in you. I made you. My image is within you. You are my glory, my delight, my beauty. No weapon formed against you will prosper. My heart is for you, not against you. I've seated you here with me, so don't fret. Do not fear, for I am with you always. My right hand shall prosper you, prepare you, promote you, and please you. Delight yourself in me and in my ways, and I will bless you all of your days. What can man do against you when I am in you and for you? You delight me when you come to me, gracing me with your presence. You bless me, and I bless you. Come closer. Draw near to me now. Don't hesitate. Don't worry. Don't fear what is to come. You have me. Right. Where your path leads, no man can falter when you come to the Father. I am graced by your presence. I'm pleased with you always. Don't worry your fear. I'm always near. Tell them I love them. Tell them come near. Mm -hmm. Tell them I have them. There's nothing to fear. Rejoice in me always. Rejoice with me now. Delight in my presence. Come humbly now. Reach for my hand. Don't look left or right. Keep looking ahead. Don't have fear or fright. You are with me. You are my delight. Let me carry you and don't fight what's ahead of you in your sight. For I will guide you and lead you for tomorrow's plight. Quit thinking it's over, that things are all done. For I will guide you and lead you until I am done. Your work is ahead of you. My plans are precise. My plans are to prosper you, not a roll of the dice. Fret not in this moment. Fear not what's ahead. For I am your Yahweh, the beginning, middle, and end. The story's not over. The end is in sight. The end is not in sight. (laughs) This is just the beginning of this good fight. My hope is eternal. My life is within you. You have nothing to fear because I am near. Return to your duties and return to your life. You are my beloved, my treasure, my wife. My word is guaranteed. My word is my bond. My word is greater, far-reaching, and beyond. Rise up in me. Rise up in me. Hear my heart. Rise up in me. Rise up in me. And make a new start. Rejoice in me always. Again, I say rejoice. Harbor no feelings of fear, rage, or disappointment. You are mine, and there is no defeat, only the enemies. Wow. Take courage. Take victory tightly in your hand. Know that I am with you, helping you to stand. You are not defeated. You are not alone. You are my children who sit on my throne. Wow. That is so beautiful, Laura. That is so encouraging. You know, and I love what he said about he is not of earth, but of heaven. Yeah. And right after that, he says, I see you. I guide you every step of the way. He is our father in heaven. Mm -hmm. And he sees us and he guides us in all that we do. And he tells us not to fear. He's told me that so many times in the encounters I've had with him. That was beautiful. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much. That was a lot of words he gave me, you know. But again, when I when I get words like that, all it does is lift me up and and elevate me. It's the when you were saying rise up. I mean, I'm I'm ready to jump up. Rise up. (laughs) My spirit's like, let's go. Let's go. Who do I need to fight? (laughs) He puts that sword in your hand and gets you ready. Sure does. You know, it's so encouraging. You know, in early November, the next month of that of 2020, the election was held. And no matter who you voted for, know that God puts his leader of choice in the place and position of power for our country, and no one can take that out of his hands. Amen. It says in Daniel 2, 21 through 22, he controls the course of world events. He removes kings and sets up other kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. He reveals deep and mysterious things that know and knows what lies hidden in darkness, though he is surrounded by light. That's right. So on November uh, 22nd, uh, God spoke to me concerning the outcome of the election. It was the end of that month. And I've only shared his words uh, with my family or to my friends who were discouraged and they needed some encouragement um, about the election results. And I'll share a portion of his words that he gave to me that morning. 
He said, no man comes before me. No man chooses the outcome. What we do next will be determined by the hearts that follow me. Wow. How man hears me, chooses me, and does my will will determine their success and survival. Doomsday sayers want people to fear. I am Yahweh. I remove all fear and drown their fears in my river of love. Do not fear or be disheartened. I will cleanse my church of all fear and dread. The day of my judgment approaches, and all will see my glory. All will sing and shout my glory throughout the earth. Nothing will ever separate you again from me. I will see to it that you are always taken care of and cared for. There is no reason to fear. Do not fear, for I am here. I am Yahweh. I am for you. I am. Nothing goes before me. Nothing supersedes my will. My ways are higher than your ways, and I will see to it that you will be taken care of daily. Remove the blindfolds from their eyes. Teach them how to see me, hear me, walk near to me. Bless them with my presence as you go to them. Remove every hindrance within your life and keep my pace as you walk my path. The time is mine. The time is ours. I am resetting our pace together, and you will guide. I will guide you day by day. Don't worry or fret about what the future holds. I am guarding your ways and removing every stumbling stone that crosses your path. Each moment you sit with me is preparation for your future. You know, I, I know that you, you weren't able to read all of the word that the Lord gave you that morning. And um, and there's reasons for that. We There's some things we just we can't talk about. Mm-hmm. But did it encourage you? Like, did it, oh, yeah. did it change your whole outlook on what was going to happen? Yeah, it yeah. made me, uh, you know, like the armor of God with the shoes of peace. Right. The gospel of peace. Right. But it made me stand strong right. in what the Lord had said, and right. I haven't moved my position since. Yeah, I have same. believed what He spoke to me, and I am not letting down. Right. My resolve is strong. Yeah. When well, He speaks to me, I believe it. Right. And we are in these crazy times right now because it's taken time. It, it, God has had to, you know, it, it's taken Him time to, well, I'm trying to say this the best way, clean it up, I mm-hmm. guess, mm-hmm. To, to make people realize that we are living in an upside down world. This is not our reality. This is not the way things are supposed to be. Right. So it's so beautiful how He's pushing us down this road and and then when the things start coming out and he starts revealing himself to us it's going to be amazing yeah amazing Mm -hmm. i can't wait right i cannot wait yeah yeah so there was a few more words that he gave to me that day he said i i well i knew that everything that had taken place that was you know coming our way was totally going to be in god's hands right right Mm -hmm. um but yeah i wasn't afraid or filled with fear I really was just overflowing with abundant hope. Yeah. So I'll just stop it there. I won't. I won't speak the rest of the words. Yeah. <laughs> you knew. That's all we plan. need to know you is it's going to be plan. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that many of us agree that something wasn't right. You know, in November 2020, and the past couple of years have been hard as we witnessed so many crazy things. But I also know that our God is bigger than all of it, and He has been speaking to me, Laura, Susan, and many others that He will make things right. He'll reveal the truth of what not only has been happening for the past few years, but for decades. Mm -hmm. Right? There is much warfare going on in the spiritual realm. The darkness that has settled settled over our country and all around the world is looming over us. Right? And it seems like we'll never get out of this mess. It seems like we're living a nightmare right now that only seems to be getting worse. But there is hope, and His name is Jesus. Mm -hmm. We just need to keep praying and standing on our faith that God will come to answer our prayers. Right? Yes, yes, and he will. Yeah, he will. He's coming. All right, we're going to stop here for now. We have uh, have much more we want to say regarding the awakening. Mm-hmm. So please join us next week for part two. Yeah, and we just want to close with this uh, scripture from 1 Peter one thirteen. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to, to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Amen. All right, today's episode was edited by Caitlin Beck, and we appreciate you so much, Caitlin. Uh, We also want to reference ElijahStreams.com. If you want to hear from more of God's prophets, they are a wonderful source that will help you understand what's going on around our world. That's where we get a lot of our information. Mm -hmm. And if you want to find out more about Bob Jones or John Paul Jackson that Laura mentioned earlier, you can click on the link that will be in the notes section of our episode, or you can email us and we'll send it to you. 
And before you go, we invite you to please leave a written review anywhere you listen to this podcast. The more positive reviews we receive will lead to more listeners that God can reach. Also, please subscribe. We would appreciate it very much. Yeah, and thank you for listening and allowing us to pour pure truth into you today. We would love to hear from you. So please email us at puretruthpodcast3, that's the number three, at God, uh, gmail.com. Godmail. <laughs> Godmail. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right. Please visit our websites. Uh, mine is kathyzaka.com. And mine is chosentowrite.com. And susanoffin.com. And we hope you'll join us next time. And remember, live thirsty. Thank you. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may his face shine upon you and give you his peace. All right. Until next time. Susan, Laura, and Kathy. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, the Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. matters. Deep leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.